Welcome to the Fulfillment Project Podcast, where we, the seekers, unite together to step into our higher selves and highest purpose. I'm your host, Simply Sarah, and I'm glad that we have found each other here today. My aim for this show is to give you some tools and strategies along with the awareness of emotional intelligence and intuition as you create a life and business from alignment, creating more joy and fulfillment every single day. Welcome to today's episode of the Fulfillment Project Podcast. I am your host, Sarah Fennell. If you're watching the video of this, you might watch me swivel back and forth as I talk. I've been recognizing myself do that on uh, client calls and my group calls within the Aligned Sisterhood, and I'm trying to stop myself from doing that. But I got a new chair that actually swivels. My chair before didn't swivel. It was just stationary. And I had been recognizing that I was having back problems for over a year at this point, and couldn't pin down what it was. And it turns out that it was my office chair, which I finally came to realize because I'm, I'm writing a book. Yay, I'm writing a book. It's called Follow the Joy. And I've been at my desk writing and also at my desk creating content for my Aligned Sisterhood program. Uh, and so just longer hours at my desk and noticing at the end of a, a workday, I was like crippled and waking up in the morning with severe stiff lower back. And so I got a new office chair. I got this just over a week ago and my back has been fantastic. So that's so great. Um, I actually wanted to get a new office chair like over a year ago and just like didn't, you know, one of those things that I didn't obviously put a priority onto and I kept pushing it back and pushing it back. But here we are. So as I sit here and chat with you and uh, swivel back and forth in my chair, I mentioned that I'm writing a book. Yes, I'm writing a book and I really want to start talking about this more, putting it out there. It is still in process. It is still being written. And so this is a, a manifestation that is in progress. And I know that the more I talk about this, the more it's going to become grounded in actually happening. And I can start to really vision the launch of this and what's going to happen. And as of right now, I'm planning for it to be launched in November. That's the plan. And then recently I've been writing the introduction for the book and really telling the audience. Well, how I came to this concept of following the joy, which is really becoming aligned and knowing how to manifest in alignment and recognizing myself a few years ago, really being torn between two different cultures. And you might even see this out there, you know, especially in social media or the way that people are operating within their lives or especially within their business, that there is this one, you know, culture like uh, team hustle culture, I call it, where there's a lot of um, like no pain, no gain, sacrifice, uh, reward is on the other side of struggle, just putting your head down, doing what you, you need to do in order to get it done. And really a concept of, you know, when you see it, then you can believe it and then you can celebrate it and actually take ownership of it. And I found I was getting really burnt out by this team hustle culture, as I, as I call it, and recognizing patterns within myself, someone who knows how to take an action plan and put it into place which most likely came from the competitive fitness world that I came out of, which I want to bring up in this conversation today. And really looking at myself, go to the total opposite end of that, which I call team manifestation culture. And two posing forces where you look at team hustle culture, which is all about the action, which is all about the deadlines, which is a very masculine energy. And team manifestation or the spiritual world, I look at it that as very feminine energy and a lot of conversations around letting go and surrendering and believing it. And then you will see it and so much visioning aspect to it. 
And I found myself swing from one side to the other, but not being really content within either of them. And recognizing that if I can marry both of these concepts and look at it from a more fluid perspective of what I need in this moment in time, then I can choose a better alignment for how I'm going to operate and manifest within my life. With that said, I think this really brings in a conversation of the 12 laws of the universe and manifesting from the 12 laws of the universe, which has a lot of action based to it as well as a spiritual look of understanding vibration, law of attraction, law of compensation, and some of these laws that I want to go into today on the conversation. Because with writing this book and you know, bringing in stories into this book, I've had to look back over my life over the last 10 years and recognize a lot of like really awesome things that I've done for myself that I've been able to produce that I've you know visioned and found an action plan and put it into place or made things happen for myself. And some things came with a lot of ease and grace and felt so natural and right and patient and on time and just happened like beautifully. Like everything happened exactly as it should without there a strangulation or a, an impatience in that process. And then I've also seen myself manifest things from the opposite of that, where there has been a lot of hustle, where there has been a lot of, you know, gr gritting my teeth down and putting in a lot of forced effort that felt hard, that didn't give me such a joy uh, and a satisfaction on the other side of it. And I want to break down some of these examples for you and talk about a few uh, laws of the universe. There are 12 laws of the universe. We're not going to go through all 12 today, although I absolutely could. I want to pull out six of them and highlight them for you. Uh, I've got some notes here if you see me you know, looking around or looking down um, to make sure I stay on track with these six. I have seven written down and we'll see if we get to a bonus. Like what I said, I could literally sit here and talk about all of them. But there are six of them that really highlight for me that I have followed that I have followed when I'm in an aligned manifestation state. And I feel like I'm at a point now of understanding the laws of the universe and really working with the laws of the universe. But the conversation and stories I want to tell today are from uh, kind of looking at things from like a hindsight. And hindsight is always 2020. And I want you to look at back on your life and some things that have happened for you and some circumstances and maybe some areas where you were without knowing, like myself in some of these situations, using the laws of the universe properly or working with them and not really under, not really knowing them, but they were happening for you. And then other situations of manifesting things where you were working against the laws of the universe and maybe you got what you wanted, but it came with sacrifice or it came with struggle or it came with that lack of fulfillment on the other side of what you really want because we can manifest anything like you can make like honestly you can make anything happen for yourself but manifesting out of alignment versus manifesting in alignment are two completely different things and obviously we want to be manifesting in alignment so that we are in joy so that we do have deep satisfaction and fulfillment so that everything is happening for the higher good and there is not a sacrifice or a um a consequence that goes against your higher good or the higher good of the collective and we'll chat about that as we get into this and so i want to chat about three areas of my life that uh like macro areas that i think uh those of you listening on the call here today can relate to. And I want to talk about love, uh, intimate love, and talk about some engagements and relationships I've had. I want to talk about my business and the different areas that I've 
had in business and different pivots I've made. And I also want to talk about health and, and physical body. For those of you who know my journey, I come from the fitness competitive background and, and that's where my business started originally. And in fact, I never meant to start a business. It just happened. And starting my fitness business was something that happened in total alignment and it was an aligned manifestation. And that business grew with ease. That business grew beyond financially what I had set out for it because I actually didn't build it for finances. And it evolved into a full-time income for me and something that I was so passionate and aligned with. And it went head to head with how I was living my life as well as a fitness competitor. And so there was this beautiful flow between my professional life and my personal life. And I've learned that I really enjoy running a business like that. I know that's not for everybody, but I really enjoy allowing my life's work to be the work that I'm working through as well. And so when I started my fitness business, I was a dental hygienist and I was, I think I was $30,000 in debt from my schooling from that. I think I had a $10,000 credit card racked up. I was living on my own, um, you know, paying rent on my own with no roommates and had a car and, you know, all the things that come with having expenses for our life. And I realized I was just like really tapped for income. And I had been competing for two years at that point and helping people on the side. I was helping friends. I was uh, showing up on social media, sharing my journey, giving tips, helping people a lot through uh, back then it was Facebook Messenger of going back and forth. And I had a friend, um, a close friend who's been a client over the years over many different pockets of my business as well, Lydia. She's like, hey, I just learned to make websites. Why don't you start charging for what you what you were doing like you're helping so many people why not make some money and i and i honestly i hadn't thought about that until she brought it up and i had also at that time been recognizing an, an influx of people asking for advice or starting conversations or you know me just you know uh, naive and getting into conversations and asking about people's problems and wanting to help them through some texting and recognizing the time that was tap tapping for that and that hey you know what i know what i'm doing i know what i'm talking about I'm going to go get my personal training certificate. Hey, I'm going to go back to school for holistic nutrition and really deep dive into this topic. And so I started my business and within 30 days, I had actually replaced my dental hygiene income. I honestly wanted to make a couple extra hundred dollars a month. That's it. I think at the time I was only charging $150 for you to work with me for a month. You got a meal plan. You got a training program. We did check-ins. Um... And, and so forth. And whether you were getting ready for a photo shoot or whether you were getting ready for a competition, we were within these uh, structures and deadlines and system to be able to get you ready for that time period that we were working towards. And like I said, I was only charging about $150 a month. And I just wanted to make a couple extra hundred dollars a month to pay down my credit card and pay off my student debt sooner. Um, and then also pay for my competing as well, which comes along with thousands and thousands of dollars. If anybody's in a... Um, a more glamorous side of competing. I know my friend Claudia did uh, figure skating competing where, you know, the the outfit for a figure skater can be a thousand plus dollars. Same with our suits for competing can be a thousand dollars to wear this suit. There are show fees. There are, you know, more nutrition and supplement costs when you're getting ready and coaching costs and all the things that it takes to get ready for a thing. And so it was costing me to compete and Hey, I might as well, you know, make some extra money. And I replaced my dental hygiene income within 30 days. And didn't even try. But I look back and say, I didn't even try, but there was so much alignment with what I was doing. And the six laws of the universe that I want to pull out for this whole conversation is number one, the law of inspired action. 
I was inspired to take action with my business always. I didn't take manic uh, manifesting energy uh, where there's a franticness where I feel like I need to figure everything out right now, where I feel like I always need to have like an action plan, where I feel like I always have to be doing something in order to produce something. There was a release and trusting that I would know what the right next action was. And I think this worked beautifully for me is because I had a full-time job. And I think someone building a business with a full-time job is a beautiful way for you to learn alignment because I was choosing to build my business. I had a full-time job, but I, I chose this. And so if I'm choosing this area of my life and I need to fit it in outside of my full-time job, I want to do it as efficiently as I possibly can. I want to do it with as much excellence as I possibly can, because I'm not just going to like wing this and take up extra time on myself and do marketing and service clients if I'm not like in it and wanting to excel at it with a level of service and the results that I'm getting clients. I also wanted to make sure that I was maximizing uh, time, so like efficiency. And so by doing all of that, I was able to look for problems that were arising in the business and taking action whenever I saw a problem, not because I saw something online that someone tells me that I need to do this, or I read a book and someone tells me that I need to do this. I was looking at, first off, I was doing things from like a Word document and realized I wanted more efficiency and more professionalism. So I, I went into an app and then I did this and then I did that and, and added in actions and took action when I foresaw a problem coming that would make me either have more time, more efficiency, or excel at being a coach. And so there was a lot of inspired action. Universal law number two that was really working well with this was the law of compensation, where we are rewarded for right action. And so I wasn't, and this isn't necessarily just financial reward, but it's also, you know, you're, you are rewarded with fulfillment. You are rewarded with more joy. You are rewarded with the right clients. You are rewarded at the highest capacity when you are taking right action. And so I never took on a client that I felt like I couldn't work with. Um, I didn't work with obese clients. I didn't have the skill set. I didn't want to work with diabetic clients. Uh, I didn't want to work with elderly clients and people who, who were on a lot of medication when I had first started. And so I never took money just to take money. I only worked with the clients that I really wanted to work with and that I knew I could help. I also put clients on hold or stop taking their money if they weren't actually in action with the program or the coaching really wasn't working. I had no problem saying, listen, it doesn't seem like you're in this journey. You know, let's reconvene. And so I wasn't doing things just because I was going to be compensated for them. I was doing things because it was the right thing to do and taking the right steps in the business that were for my highest good and for the highest good of all. And ultimately, I was compensated for that beautifully. Law of vibration uh, is another universal law that worked really well with this, where uh, to understand that everything is energy and everything is frequency. And so that business was pure joy. I mean, I worked on that business. I became a personal trainer as well as an online coach at the same time. And I remember I had a full-time job and I would had to take a bus because my car broke down and couldn't afford to get my car fixed. This is in 2011. And I had to bus 40 minutes to the studio that I was working out of and 40 minutes home. And sometimes I did that in an evening after working from eight till six in the dental clinic for one client, three hours to go see one client that I believe was paying me $25 an hour at the time. On my weekends, I was taking this bus ride to go do this. And so my 
time, if we look at just time, was tapped for working my full-time job and working in my business, plus having friends and, and plus like in a relationship at the time. But it didn't feel like work. It was joyful for me. I was excited to get off of work from my dental hygiene job, jump on the bus and go service clients with something that brought me joy. And so when I was building that business, I never did anything that wasn't at a high vibration. Whether I had to get myself physically there from an, from an energetic, mental, emotional perspective, or whether I was making those right decisions because they just felt good to do. And so the law of vibration teaches us that we have to get ourselves to the vibration that we want to be manifesting from, from what we want. I wanted a business that brought me joy and lit me up and you know that I, I craved to be at and that didn't feel like work. And that's what I created. And that's where the law of attraction comes in. And, and if you ever watched the movie, The Secret, or read the book, The Secret, which is all about the law of attraction, which I feel is so, um, it's so narrow for understanding uh, manifesting in alignment with the laws of the universe, because the law of attraction states that like attracts like, but we have to get ourselves there from a vibrational perspective first to feel good about what we're doing, to be mentally engaged, to have the right outlook, to have that level of consciousness that is high for what we're creating, then what is like to that vibration will come into us. So my clients that came in were freaking amazing. I loved every single one of my clients. And at the, the peak of that business, I was servicing 85 clients. I loved them all. And they were all in tune with me. They all got awesome results. They were all committed. They were all like at the stature that I wanted all my clients to be at because I built my business that way, because I held myself to that same vibration. And ultimately, like will attract like with the law of attraction. Law of gender worked well with building my fitness business as well, which is sustainable manifestations really require a beautiful blend of masculine and feminine energy. They require a lot. Uh, it requires the doing. It requires the giving. It requires the creation, bringing something forth. Uh, it requires logical thinking, but it also requires being and receiving and allowing space for creativity and nurturing and self-care and restoring. It requires a blend of both. And so when I was able to actually give up my dental hygiene job, I didn't fill the time that my dental hygiene job took with just more stuff in my business to feel like I was being busy. I took a lot of space. I mean, I think I was done work at like one o'clock most days and like just had efficiency and had systems and allowed myself space and honored space and didn't feel guilty for taking that space. And I think that's why I said earlier, if you are working a full-time job, and you're working on your quote unquote side hustle or passion project, when you build up your passion project to be able to give up that side hustle, don't look to just fill that space to make yourself feel like you are um, busy or that you are productive or that you have to work nine to five Monday to Friday because that is what society says is a standard work week. Find out how to build your business on your terms to be able to honor this law of gender to be able to do, but also to be to be able to give, but to also receive and feel that fluidness of not forcing so much and having that allow allowance come in. Law of rhythm is another law of the universe that I want to chat about, which understands that nothing is permanent, that everything is fluid, uh, that everything can have change and that everything has its seasons. 
And I feel like a lot of times we can strangle our manifestations because we think it has to be a certain way, or we think that because we've done something for so long that it has to stay a certain way, or we become afraid of change, or we become afraid of evolving, or we don't have a foresight on the season that we are in right now and what it's going to take of us within that season to create what we want to create. And so the law of rhythm really teaches us to be fluid and open to change. This came into play as well for pivoting for me, honoring that law of rhythm, honoring a season that I was moving into for pivoting my business model, which I did many times, honoring a season of rest versus a season of high productivity and knowing that you don't have to be that same person or that same version of yourself or bringing that same energy of yourself into your everyday and into your creations all the time but learning to ebb and flow with what the season of your life or the season of your business needs and honoring that. And so I look back on my fitness business and it happened so effortlessly and it happened so easily. And I didn't notice this until I actually got into business coaching starting 2016, really into 2017, full-time 2018. There was a transition like building my fitness business when I got to talk to other business owners. And so as an online coach from 2011 and in the fitness world, which I found was kind of very clicky and people didn't really talk about things and I didn't have other a lot of other business friends, I didn't understand how people built their businesses or I didn't understand the energy that people brought to their businesses. And I, I didn't understand the different thought patterns or operational patterns that people have within their business. And so when I started business coaching, I recognized how many people struggled to get a business off the ground. I recognized how hard it was to actually bring in clients. And I never felt that in my fitness business. It happened so organically. But what was interesting with coming into business coaching, it wasn't aligned for me. Looking back, so Joe and I started our fitness business to give Sorry, Joe and I started our business coaching for fitness professionals in 2017, um, worked my fitness business until the end of 2018, but it never felt like how I'd started my fitness business. It didn't feel organic. It didn't feel fluid. It didn't feel like I had a balance of my masculine and feminine energy. I was way too in the masculine and I wasn't honoring my intuition, which is feminine. I felt like I was taking a lot of action because I was supposed to take that action. There wasn't inspired action. I didn't know how to price things within the business coaching world. I didn't know how to place my worth in the business coaching world. I didn't know how to show my value in the business coaching world because in my fitness business, my body was my business. How I was doing in shows were my business. Um, the modeling that I was getting from magazines were a representation of. My, my body and authority. And I found it really easy to be able to position myself in the fitness world. And I didn't know how to do that in the business coaching world. And I looked outside of myself for a lot of answers. And yes, I did have fun building a business with Joe. Yes, we did make incredible income and surpassed income goals that I ever thought possible for myself. But it felt hard. It felt like I stretched myself all the time too much. I burnt out again and again, and it ultimately didn't leave me feeling satisfied and fulfilled, even when I wasn't where I wanted to be. And I, you know, I started this conversation by saying hindsight is twenty twenty, and it really is because I can look back out of it now with where I am with the business I'm building now and recognizing that alignment. And so 
Maybe you want to look at yourself for your career, your business in this conversation. Where, where are you finding inspired action versus where are you feeling like you're forced to show up? Are you listening to your intuition for what your business needs or what you want to market or what you want to talk about or what you want to coach clients with? Is it coming through you or is it a logical process of thinking, I think this is what people want to hear or this other coach is talking about it, talking about this. So I should talk about this. Other coaches are pricing this. So I should price this. I'm going to just put my head down and get this done because I said I was going to get it done and I have a deadline, but I'm really not in the vibration to show up and create what I want to create. Really look at the duality of the energy that you are bringing to your business and how you are creating and manifesting that. Uh, now, this year, with um, with recognizing that polarity, law of polarity, I'm going to bring it up. I'm going to bring it up. Law of polarity is my seventh uh, bonus law of the universe here because the law of polarity is so valuable. Recognizing when we're in alignment versus not in alignment. Recognizing when something feels good versus something feels bad. Recognizing where there was ease and flow versus recognizing where there was a, such a forced effort. Recognizing when there was a high vibration and positivity and optimism and, and willingness and love and passion and just so much joy for what you're creating versus frustration and disappointment and maybe anger and jealousy and comparison. Polarity allows us to be able to find our center again. And I welcome polarity now because it allows me to see, am, am I on the right course or am I not? And I know a lot of people don't like polarity because it can be uncomfortable. And we usually don't recognize polarity until there is pain. Far too often, we don't recognize when we're in a really good spot. And I've been really honoring myself with that this year because I'm in a really good spot for my business. I am not creating unless I have inspired action. Or knowing how to get myself into the state to, to cultivate that inspired action. I don't sit down and write any part of my book until I have gotten myself into a good high vibration. I will not create deadlines for myself that are going to create more stress and less joy and peace. I am honoring my feminine side more than I ever have while still being in a high productivity phase of rebuilding this business and this message and shifting this podcasting message and writing the book and doing some launches that are coming up in the fall. And I'm not doing things just because I know that they're going to make me money. In fact, my new business here is not even supporting me financially. It's my old clients in that past model and the transition that I'm going through in order to build this model. By the fall time with projection of how things are going, this will be what I, what you know, quote unquote, a full-time income for me, which is all relative, which is another law of the universe. It's all relative. And so I'm not doing things because they're going to make me money, or I'm not doing things because I think it will make me look a certain way. I'm doing things because they are the right next action for me because they feel good. And I know that law of compensation is working for me, even if the monetary isn't there yet. I see it. I feel it. Like I know it's coming. And so I think it's beautiful to have times where you feel lost. I think it's beautiful for you to have times where you realize this isn't working for me anymore. I think it's beautiful to recognize when you're being stretched too far and you don't even have that time to recenter yourself because it allows you to see where you're out of alignment. So honor that lack of polarity with whatever it is in your life. Okay. We talked about business. Let's talk about uh, intimate relationships. We'll go on to that one and then we'll talk about relationship with body and health. So 
my fiance and I are engaged, Joe. Yay. We've been engaged since 2018, uh, three years after we started dating. Still not married. Honestly, I don't know if we'll get married. We'll probably do something like really small. Um, it's not, not that it's not an important next step for me. I don't need it to solidify or create an identity in the relationship because um, I know where we both stand. Uh, and this is huge. I was engaged for the first time. I think I was 22 or 23 at the time. And I knew the engagement was coming. Uh, I heard whispers happening. Uh, just, you know, you know, when you like know something's going to happen, like something's supposed to be a surprise, but you're like, ah, like there's just too much, <laughs> too many signs here that like something's going to happen. And I remember even like talking about it. And I remember we even like went and like looked for rings. And I was looking at a bunch of other things. And he had planned this uh, big day to to go out for dinner at this quote unquote expensive restaurant in Kingston. And he took me up in a plane to watch the sunset in Kingston. It was really beautiful. And I knew that this was going to happen. And we didn't do things like this. Like I'm 22, 23, like income was very low. So these big extravagant adventures, just we weren't doing them. So I knew the engagement was coming. And I remember looking in the mirror getting ready to, you know, go out into this plane and, and about to go for dinner and knowing it's going to happen and looking at myself in the eye and looking at myself in the mirror in a different way than I had ever looked at myself before and thinking to myself, this should feel different. And that is a huge sign of misalignment. I thought this was going to feel different. And I remember when he did it, you know, the, the proposal came and it felt like time just kind of like slowed down and I felt really disconnected from it. Like it was happening in slow motion. And I was watching it all happen and I didn't like the way I was feeling when it was happening and saying yes, because I know you're supposed to say yes. And I've seen videos of people getting engaged and it's something I envisioned and I wanted to feel special. And I wanted to feel like someone had that love for me to want to claim me and have me in, in their life for the rest of their life and want to have that next step of building something together. And it was something that I definitely pushed. And I brought up the conversation a lot and I, and I knew that it was coming, but it didn't feel right in the moment. And I also remember, and I, I go back and forth on myself of whether this is like petty of me and I really don't care. And I'll talk about it here. I remember looking at the ring on my finger and feeling like I should be looking at something different feeling like that ring didn't really like, didn't feel right on my finger. And it wasn't the size of it. Um, part of it was like kind of the color of it. Cause it was like gold, gold color. And I really like a, uh, like a platinum, uh, like a silver and, and, and those superficial things. So superficial things where, you know, you look at something you're like, Oh, like I wish this was different. And I really hated looking at it like that. You know, it's it's about the person that you're marrying and it's about that life that you're building together. And I've always had more of a draw to a deep, meaningful experience other than the superficial material stuff. But I was caught up in this material thing. Anyways, I broke off the relationship. I think we were engaged for six months or a year. The uh, the wedding date was booked and it was it came down to like starting to plan the wedding. And I just couldn't, like there was so much resistance and I ended up breaking it off. Like I just couldn't go through with it. And now to flip that with my relationship with Joe, I didn't know the engagement was coming, like didn't know it at all. And obviously in, we'd been together for, for three years at that time. We had talked about it. Like it came up in conversation, but it wasn't something where I had a conversation like hung on to like, is this happening? Like, is this moving forward? Like, are we going in the right direction? 
because I found in my relationship with Joe, I didn't care if we got married or not. I knew where we were and I knew where we stood and that intuitive, um, how do I say this? That intuitive knowing of where the relationship was at and where we both were energetically. And I think that's why we've never actually gotten married. It's, it's, I, I don't need it in my life. It will most likely happen, but I don't need it to solidify a relationship. I don't need it to know that we're on the right track. I don't need it to know that there's a progression happening in the relationship because that's a that's an exterior progression. I, I feel the levels of intimacy that we deepen into and the level of our growth and conversation and the way that we connect energetically. And to me, that's enough. And so I didn't know the engagement was coming and he surprised me. We flew to San Diego. My friend Emma was involved. She held the ring um, and it completely floored me. And I remember the ring sitting on my finger and thinking it was absolutely fucking beautiful and more than I could have ever have imagined. And it was a moment of recognizing the alignment of that engagement and not feeling like I was holding onto it and strangling that manifestation because I needed it in my life. When we feel like we need something in our life in order to validate a certain area of our life, then that is out of alignment. And I I know for myself, looking at marriage growing up or looking at the stages of life of, you know, going to school and graduating and getting engaged and getting married and having kids and the la 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 la, you know, that society calculation of a successful life. That's what I was doing. I was 22, 23. I graduated. I, you know, I graduated being a dental hygienist. Actually, I was in school. I was just about to graduate from being a dental hygienist. I was getting engaged and on paper, it looked like how I thought it was supposed to look, but it didn't feel like the way I thought it was supposed to feel. And I've realized that we can have models of success or we can have models of a pattern or a framework to work through. But if we don't feel it on an energetic, connected, fulfillment, deep satisfaction level, it's not aligned. It's not aligned. And so, you know, I grew up, you know, looking at the big fairy tale wedding and getting engaged and having all that attention on me. And, you know, there's a lot of uh, societal conditioning for marriage and what that should be and thinking my parents would be so proud that I'm getting engaged. And, you know, it's, there's, there's a lot of things in our society where we almost feel like we get on the fast track to, or we do because we think that's what's expected of us, or that's just what society does, or that's what our parents want us to do. But if we aren't following through on those manifestations from an aligned perspective for us, then it will be out of alignment and it won't feel right. And that manifestation will not be ideal. What I'm talking about here is sustainable, ideal manifestations where they continue to bring you more joy and more fulfillment. And it ends up actually being more than you could have ever have imagined within your life. That is a beautiful aligned manifestation. And so let's finish up this conversation and talk about physical body and the the manifestations that we want with that. Uh, I know the beauty culture is massively changing, which I think is so wonderful to look at body shapes and sizes from a full spectrum uh, so that there is an inclusivity of it. And I came from the fitness world competing where there is a period of three to four months of conditioning and preparing my body to stand on stage to be judged against other women based on the perception of 
what, five plus judges, I can't remember how many, um, sitting there determining who has the best physique based on a set of criteria, but it's also very biased as well. And I feel very fortunate because I didn't grow up with body image issues. I I grew up quite lean. Um, I naturally had a bum. Uh, I naturally had boobs uh, before I got into fitness. Uh, and I was naturally very happy with my body. I had a, a pride of my body. And I know that my body was looked at in a certain way. But it wasn't until I got into the fitness industry in 2009, my journey started, where I started to look at my body differently, where I started to look at areas not being good enough based on the criteria of the category I was competing in and what these judges were looking for. I started looking at food as either good or bad. Uh, this is going to make me fat. This is going to make me skinny. I started doing things just from an aesthetic perspective for my body and went into this from 2009 till hmm, I would say 2018 started to break out of, you know, some conditioning, but definitely it really wasn't until 2019, even 2020 and we're in 2022. Like I'm recognizing more of a, a deeper connection and relationship with my physical body from a health perspective, from how I feel inside my body, as opposed to what it actually looks like. But being in the fitness industry for 2009, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, I left 2014, but was still in it from a business perspective till 2018. So almost 10 years of looking at the body from an aesthetic perspective and not feeling good enough if my body wasn't at a certain state. And those of you listening who have competed know what it feels like to have your body at its leanest, at its most dehydrated and prepped state to stand on stage to look a certain way, which only lasts a day, maybe two, maybe three. Um, but you're, you're ramping up for an ideal condition in one moment in time and something that's not sustainable. And when you get an ideal condition of something that's not sustainable, it's really hard for the brain not to say, uh, you're supposed to be like this. This is optimal. This is what people praise you on. This is what you are rewarded for, for, you know, what people look up to you for, what people strive to have. It's really hard to break into a sustainable, moderate, uh, conditioning of the mind of how the body should look and how you should take action in order for that look. And so there was a really skewed journey I went on with my body. And when I first got in the fitness industry, it was for fun. Um, it was because I wanted to challenge myself uh, and I wanted to see how I would do in the ranks. And you are rewarded and there is rankings and you can tell what level you're at based on the, the rankings that you had. And so I came number one in Ottawa when I competed there. I came number one in Ontario when I competed at the um, Ontario's. Um, I came fourth in, no, wait, when I went to nationals, I think I got like second last. That was an eye opener. Um, and then I went to nationals again. I got fourth and then I uh, competed at the North Americans, which is all of Canada, all of US and all of Mexico. And I came number one and was awarded my IFBB pro card. And through all of the shows that I had done, I can look back and look at the ones that were completely out of alignment for 
honoring myself, for honoring my energy, for what I manipulated from a diet perspective, for the amount of strain I put on my body from a cardio or training perspective. And it's interesting because I actually gave up on the pursuit of my pro card and I got my pro card. And so when I started competing, I saw the status of an IFBB pro. And for those of you who are not in the fitness world, the IFBB pro is the like holy grail gold standard of you've made it as a professional fitness athlete. It's literally an, an um, it, it stands for a professional athlete. You are a pro at that point. Arnold Schwarzenegger was an IFBB pro awarded that. So you compete on a pro level all over the world. And when I got into the competing world and saw the status and understood the ranking and the different shows I had to go through, I was like, awesome. I'm going for that. And I remember it was in the spring of 2014, I was, I was competing. I was getting ready for nationals again. And I was 16 weeks out and I was hating the journey. And if anybody understands, like 16 weeks out is usually when you start 16 or 12 weeks out. And then you have a three or four month journey with this. And yes, there is challenge. And yes, you do have to push yourself. And yes, there are extremes that you have to do in order to condition your body that way. But I had seen myself compete and love it. I had seen myself compete and be in joy. I'd seen myself compete and not be obsessed with the scale or obsessed with how I look or feeling like I'm not there yet or hating all the meals that I'm eating. And I was 16 weeks out and I hated it. Every step of cardio felt like torture on my body. And there was a suffering that I was feeling. And I actually got to the point where I was like, I'm not doing nationals. I'm not doing it. I'm not putting myself through this. I'm not having fun. I'm, I recognize that I honestly wasn't doing it for myself. I ended up in this, um, and most athletes do this, you, you're on this course of where you should be from a professional standpoint or even in the pro leagues. Like You see the shows that you should compete in and you go based on that, not based on what you feel like doing or the season that your body is really in or the season your energy is in to take on a goal. And so when I was getting ready for nationals and I was like, I'm not doing this, it took me first show I ever backed out of after saying I was publicly doing something. I was a coach for this. So did that show a weakness and a vulnerability on me? Again, like my ego is popping up all over the place. What is this going to say about me? Does it look like I'm a failure that I give up? Blah, 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 all that ego stuff. But I finally got to the point where I realized like I hate this right now. I'm not in it. I'm not engaged. It feels like work and I'm choosing to do this. Uh, uh-uh, It's not the right time. I need to back off. And I let it go and I surrendered. I let it go. I realized that getting a pro card was not worth putting myself through a torturous period or a, a medal or, or a, a card that probably is going to be nothing if I you know do something different. And I let it go. And I realized that I don't need a pro card in order to feel like I am worthy. I don't need a pro card for people to, for me to be validated as a coach, to be able to help women on this same journey. And I just, I surrendered like all this stuff of why I was working towards the pro card that really wasn't in true alignment with my highest good. It was ego focused. It was comparison focused. It was not good enough focused. It was a need for validation focused. And I let it go. But what's interesting when I let that go there was a lack of resistance at that point. So things felt good. Things felt like there was a flow. I had been in a good regimen of of eating and training and just backed off the pressure of it and the stretchedness of it and started really fueling myself from a really healthy perspective. 
I was also in school for holistic nutrition. So I thought it was a beautiful time to really test out what I was learning from a reducing inflammation, optimizing digestive tract, working on some detoxifications, looking at the, um, you know, bacterial or viruses or parasites that possibly were in my gut and balancing that microflora. Uh, I was looking at hormone balance, like all of it. So I was looking at things from a really holistic perspective and decided to start, you know, playing around with my body. Um, from a health perspective. And what's interesting is I started rapidly getting lean and it felt good. And I was actually creating more energy and more vitality in my body by doing the methods that I was learning from a holistic health vitality perspective and and what made me feel good. And I had recognized I'd passed the national date of what I had originally been going for. And uh, I had noticed that the North Americans were coming up. And I think I was five weeks out at that point. And I was looking at my body, like, I think this is like my eighth competition at this point. And so I had a really good foresight of like where my body should be in, in relation to getting ready for a show. And I realized I was like, I had looked on track to compete. And it was the first time I actually looked at myself in the mirror from a non-judgmental perspective, from a really neutral observer perspective and saw myself for truly where I was and in alignment and doing the right thing and feeling good and it feeling effortless. And I said to myself, the North Americans look like it's doable, but I'm not going to tell anybody that I'm doing it. I I made a video log, but I didn't post it until after my show. I decided to do it just for me. And if at any time I felt like I wasn't having fun anymore, or this wasn't bringing me more energy or just didn't feel right, I was going to back off. And I didn't have that pressure because I I was doing it just for me and, and no one knew. And I remember coming into those five weeks was the first time that I actually watched myself truly manifest something in alignment. And I'm I'm getting goosebumps just talking about this. Recognizing, putting my body through things that were out of alignment. Um, And if you're, you know, new to the, to the fitness world, there is a, um, a lack of carbohydrates that gets taken out. Usually there is like a no fruit kind of thing in the general world of uh, competing. There's a dehydration phase going into the show so that you remove any subcutaneous uh, water so that the skin attaches tighter to the muscle and that there's more definition. And I didn't dehydrate and I was actually doing detoxing and I kept fruit until I think like the week, week before, um, if I felt like I needed a refeed or I needed more food or my body was feeling weak, I gave myself the food. Like I really listened to my body and I did less cardio than I'd ever done for a show. And I went less weight on the, um, in, in the weights. And I focused more on muscle tension and really connecting with my muscle and doing a lot of visualization. I was also really getting into Tony Robbins at the time and working on visualization. And I did something in that manifesting journey that I didn't realize until after, which is true manifestation. At the beginning, when I decided to go for the pro card, I caught myself saying, I'm ready for a pro card. I'm ready for it. I don't need it. I've learned so much about my body. I'm learning to trust my body. I'm learning to trust my intuition. I'm learning to read my body and listen to my body. And I'm ready to be a pro to step on that stage because at that next level, like it's, it's a whole other level. And so I felt like I was ready. I felt like I had knowledge. I felt like I had intuition. I felt like I had groundedness. I felt like I learned so much about myself and I felt like I was ready. And I kept saying that mantra to myself, I am ready for my IFBB pro card. I am ready for my IFBB pro card. And this is something that just kind of came naturally to me as I was visioning. 
And then that mantra turned into, I'm going to be an IFBB pro. Like, I'm going to be an IFBB pro. I'm going to be an IFBB pro. Like, I felt it. I felt like I had gotten to that level. It wasn't something that, like, I hope I'm doing all the right things and that this is going to happen. No, there was like a deep trust and a knowing. And at the end, as I was coming into those final like week or two, that mantra had changed to, I am an IFBB pro. And at that time, I have talking about this. At that time, I, even if I didn't win the pro card, I had so much satisfaction and so much fulfillment with the journey, which, with how my body appeared. It was the best I had ever looked physically from a competing perspective, aesthetically for the category that I was competing in. And I truly felt like I prepped on an IFBB pro level and that a different side of myself showed up. And it was the most calm I had ever felt stepping on stage. I had visualized it time and time again, and it just happened. And, and I won out of all of North America. And I think there were like 30 girls in my category and it just felt right. And I remember I cried after, like bawled my eyes out after because I knew it was going to happen before it even happened. And man, knowing that we're manifesting in alignment is not hoping and wishing and praying. There's a deep, deep knowing. And there's a lot of work that goes in to understanding that. Now, past then, I have manifested stuff out of alignment because I really wasn't learning about this alignment work, which is why I'm so passionate about it now. Because I've been able to do some awesome things for myself, um, but I've also been able to do things that were awesome that just felt so right and that I just knew were going to happen and manifest from an energy that I can't explain. And now with my body from the flip side of that as well, going into that show, I had actually, I think it was before I committed to go to that North American show, I had landed the cover of Women, Women's Health and Fitness magazine. And I remember standing there, I think this was all part of like that manifesting journey as well. I remember standing there with that, that magazine, looking at myself, that girl on the cover with what would be considered an awesome aesthetic body knowing how depressed I was at that photo shoot, not feeling good enough, being so insecure and things I had done in order to look like that on the cover, representing health um, and fitness and feeling a disconnection. And so I manifested a cover of a magazine, which I think who doesn't want to be on the cover of a magazine, right? But I didn't feel the fulfillment and the satisfaction from it because I didn't manifest it in alignment. But that cover landed a few weeks before I had committed to that journey of my IFBB Pro Card, which was such a spark of inspiration to do it right. Because I learned that I can manifest anything. Like I can make shit happen for myself, but I want to be fulfilled in that manifestation. I want to have deep satisfaction on the other side of that manifestation. I want to feel like I worked with the universe and worked with my energy in order to have that manifestation and that it wasn't a forced effort and that it wasn't in a fear-based mindset and it didn't just happen. And I'm like, oh, wow, awesome. Look at this. I don't feel deserving. I don't feel worthy. I'm just going to like push this under and not validate myself for this and not honor myself and have a deep, have like a pride within myself for what I had stepped up to do in order to accomplish. And so with all that I've talked about here with the engagements, with the, the fitness journey, with my business journey, I have seen the law of inspired action with everything that I've manifested that has felt so right. I have seen the law of compensation and being rewarded for right action. 
the, the best, highest possible action for that next moment. The, the right answer, the right yes, even if sometimes there is sacrifice having, even if you feel like you might not make the money that you think you're going to make, but it feels right to do this. Do the thing that's going to feel right. Getting your body ready for something or even on weight loss, doing something that you know is right for your body from a health perspective, not because you think that it's going to make you lose weight or make you skinny. Because we want sustainable manifestations. And so however you are manifesting, that's the energy. How you create is what you create. And so if you're creating in a scarcity, if you're creating out of alignment, that manifestation is going to be hard to sustain because of the methods and the mindset and the emotional frequency that was there in order to create it. I have witnessed the law of vibration, getting myself into a high vibration before taking action, making sure that I am fully there and present and showing up with what I'm doing before I'm taking the action. Law of attraction, knowing that the law of vibration goes in sync with that. And so getting yourself there first and then knowing that it's going to come through. Law of gender, masculine and feminine. It's not always about the doing. We can do so much, but if we're not open to receiving, that manifestation is not going to come through from its highest capacity. And therefore, it can be hard to receive praise. It can be hard to receive um, uh, acceptability for yourself. It can be hard to receive the pride in yourself to be able to do something. And therefore, that, sustain that manifestation is not at its highest capacity because you won't feel that. And the law of rhythm, knowing that nothing needs to be in a strict, rigid container. Everything is fluid. Nothing is permanent. We can flow. We can change. We can make a different decision. We can have a different choice. We can learn to ebb and flow with the seasons of our business, the seasons with our body, the seasons with our relationships, so that we are not strangling what we think our manifestation should be from a logical perspective. And then really seeing the value of the law of polarity, recognizing that contrast in your life is a beautiful time to be able to see what is out of alignment. Why is this not working for me? Why doesn't this feel good? Why does this feel so hard? What if this came with more ease? What if this felt like it had more flow? What would it look like for this to come with less effort, but more intent and focus? Law of polarity can be a beautiful, beautiful teacher for us. And so those are a few of the laws of the universe. You can go check out my Instagram if you want. I've done quite a few posts about the laws of the universe and learning how to work with it through your manifestations. Because like the law of gravity, even if you don't believe in gravity, if you jump up in the air, you're going to come right back down to the earth. That's just the law of gravity. No one is exempt from this. And I have seen within myself and within my clients and even conversations with that I've had with Joe of, of these laws of the universe really being laws of universal to everyone. And whether you believe them or not, they are always in action. And so if we can look at them and bring them into each, uh, into each of our manifestations or what we're trying to create and learn to work with them, then we can have more fun uh, by working with the laws of the universe as opposed to against them. So maybe you want to take one of these laws that I talked about here and, and look at them this week. Uh, I love talking about the law of inspired action because it takes action to create something. We can't just sit back and envision and, and hope that something happens that comes in with the law of gender, masculine, feminine energy. There needs to be a doing, there needs to be an action, but there also needs to be a visioning and a trusting and a receiving. And so the law of inspired action, when you're going to take action in your business, maybe it's after this podcast that you're listening to, maybe it's tomorrow, 
ask yourself if these actions are coming from an inspired side of you. Is there an energy that wants to do this thing? Is there an eagerness for this action in the business? Are you doing it because you think you should or because you want to? And it feels really intuitive and good and the right next step to take. That's a really good question, questions to ask yourself in your business, especially. Maybe you need to get yourself into a state so that you feel more inspired. This is alignment work. How do I get myself into a higher vibration where I feel good, where I feel engaged, where I feel eager, where I feel on purpose, where my intuition is open and I know what I need to do? Then inspired action comes through so easily. And so getting ourselves into alignment will allow us to work with these laws of the universe because we understand ourselves and our vibration um, and the states that we create from. And so this is the beautiful work of alignment work. And this is why I'm so passionate about teaching it. This is why I'm creating a book called Follow the Joy on it because of all the things that I've done in my life over the past decade. Some of them great, some of them not so great. Some of them were tremendous success. Some of them were tremendous failures. Every time something has been a manifestation of so much joy and so much more momentum and so many more doors open and so much more ease coming through, I have always worked with the laws of the universe and been aligned, which is ultimately what we want because we're always creating things. And so are we going to create in alignment or are we going to create out of alignment? The choice is truly ours. Thank you for listening into this episode, my friend. I will see you on the next one. Thank you for joining me on this episode today. My website, simplysarah.com, is a great place for me to continue to support you on your journey to alignment, joy, and fulfillment. There you will find upcoming retreats that I am hosting, resources, books, and many other helpful tools to help you on your travels through this thing called life. <laughs>